You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. All right, so we're recording. We're still trying new things about our recording. Yeah, so we are back in our tent, but um, we do have another plan for a less ghetto tent than we're d- going to upgrade our tent. tent. Yes, we will not be between two couches no. because at some point in the future well, we're we not going to have two couches. couches. <laughs> Probably, hopefully. Or we're going to have stadium couches. (laughs) Or that's going to happen. We'll We'll see. see. We'll see. But we didn't get to taking down our Christmas tree today. so No, we didn't. That other thing didn't happen yet. Next week. We'll make sure to do it next week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. So we are on episode 38. Mm -hmm. Almost at 40. Holy smoke. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. Oh, you want to hear a good story? Yeah. Are we in a tunnel in the story? What's the story? Yes, <laughs> Yesterday, Martha and I are watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch. No, we don't want to actually hear the story. <laughs> Which is awful, by the way. Other than yeah. the last episode we just watched. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I thought uh, there season ten. four is rough. It's real bad. It's the rough. only good episode is seven. And it was really good. So I guess mm-hmm. that's worth it. But other than that, it's fucking bad. And Nick is hot. But other than that. Yeah. Nick is hot. Lilith is hot. Prudence, Prudence is, is hot. hot. End statement right there. Yeah, that's the um, But it's bad. So yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> we're watching an episode and like there's like this creepy child laughter you guys know and you know from the doll incident that this is not something that i fucking jive with if i but, hear weird child yeah. laughter i think it's a weird doll child that's laughter we all we obviously know something great is not about to happen so the character like gets up and is like what the fuck and we all know there's gonna be a jump scare and then this creepy lady thing appears right Pops in front up. of the character and Martha screams. It was like a literal scream. But it was, was just like, the most obvious thing that was going oh. to happen. And she like jumped, like jumped and screamed and then looked at me and then laughed at herself. Yes. So my superpower is that I can be incredibly afraid of something that I know is coming. I know when the jump scare is coming. Yeah, no, uh, it's an experience that I've had to get used to because (laughs) I had this experience a lot of times in the theater a couple times, which is great. When Jess used to work, so back when Jess used to work at actual Spooky World, when Spooky World was Spooky World and not like whatever Whatever the fuck fuck they became afterwards, um, which is a haunted house in New England, they sent me through with her... And they sent me through as a VIP. So everybody knew my name and knew that I was going to be incredibly fucking jumpy and scared. It was the worst fucking experience (laughs) of my life. But also really, really fucking fun. There's nothing worse than being chased through a haunted house where they all are like, Martha! And I'm like, no! You know. Anyways, I'm Bernie Vitrino. I'm Martha Bartley. And this is But First, Let's, Let's Talk, Talk Nerdy. Nerdy. Clank. All right, what are you talking about today, Martha? Today, episode 38, I am going to talk about uh, Sailor Cosmos. Aww, yeah. Baby. Sailor Cosmos, one of my faves. Fucking love. My sources this week 
were Why Sailor Moon Still Matters Almost 30 Years Later by Princess Weeks. Did you use that one the last time you talked about Sailor Moon? It's possible. <laughs> it still works. Whatever episode that was, our pride episode. Yeah, I looked back at that episode to be like, did I talk too much about this shit? And I didn't. So okay. we're good. Uh, Sailor Cosmos, who is Sailor Moon's mystery powerhouse on CBR. EternalSailorMoon.org, which was a whole fucking thing. <laughs> and then um, uh, the manga is online, so I read some of that Aww. to uh, refresh my memory on that. Also, Wikipedia and probably fandom, but I don't actually a thousand percent remember. You know, whatever. Yep. But yeah, so it has been a minute since I've talked about my favorite topic of the world, Sailor Moon. But also, uh, everything is pretty awful, and so we'll just lean into the existential ennui of things and talk about Sailor Cosmos. Let's do it! Yes! So Sailor Cosmos doesn't start join the party until the last season of Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon Stars. So Stars uh, starts off with some weird extra Nihilania shit for like six episodes. Obviously, we're not going there today. That's not what we're fucking talking about. <laughs> um, but the second arc uh, introduces the Sailor Starlights who are the uh, male idol singers who turn into female Sailor Senshi. They're from a different galaxy. They're looking for their princess. Um, We also meet Sailor Galaxia and the Anima Mates, who are the bad guys, and they are after the star seeds of the Senshi. So the star seeds are like the little crystals contained in all life forms, um, which is kind of like a soul or a source of light. Or a source of self within a person or something. If that existed. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> As these characters are like immortal and reborn, it I sort guess of that makes, makes sense, sense yeah. in this. Um, but you know, most of the time that shit is unnecessary. Also, they are always looking for the like pure thing inside you. With They have the like mirrors and whatever. But yeah, we also get... Uh, Chibi Chibi, who I know, Chibi Chibi, who she just shows up and brainwashes Usagi's mom, Usagi's mom, to think that she's her younger sister. Poor Usagi's mom. Kakumama, I love you so much. She's so cute and she's such a brainwashed. She gets brainwashed and she just takes everybody in and is like, I'll take care of you, it's fine. Yeah. I just have another child, I guess. (laughs) Shrug. Or like a cousin or something like that. No, it's fine, it's normal. This is how it's always Mm -hmm. been. So she is a teeny little bean. Uh, she's probably like toddler age. She has pink hair, but it's like bright pink, uh, brighter than Chibiusa. Uh, and her little Odongos are in heart shapes, which is super cute. And everyone is like, she's probably Usagi's daughter from the future. Maybe she's Chibiusa's. Who knows? There's a lot of question marks and scratching our heads for that. Blah, blah, blah. So cutting the plot a little short here. (laughs) Mamachan goes away and then gets his starseed, like, yoinked by Galaxia, and he is dead, like, before anything starts. Yep. Right Um, on that plane. Yep. I was very mad about it. Ugh, the most mad. And then I was (laughs) like, but I do love Seiya. So, you know. I also love Seiya, but Usagi belongs with Mamachan. Yeah, he's endgame. Seiya. Which he is. You are always welcome in our household. (laughs) Yes. Yes. For fucking real. 
We lose Mamotan. Uh, the Starlights eventually do find their princess, who is Princess Kaku. Um, princess Kaku saves Usagi and Chibi Chibi from Tin Yanko, who is one of the anima mates. She's the little cat one. She's cute as shit. I love them all. And then Princess Kaku is soon killed by Galaxia after her star seed is extracted from her. Basically, after that, all of the senshi get killed by Galaxia. She takes all of their star seeds, and it's all tragic as fuck because they're all you know protecting um usagi who's there and uranus and neptune try to like join galaxia and then backstab her and take her star seed and then they find out that she doesn't have one so it doesn't do much and then she kills them too just so any everyone knows spoiler alert they essentially die every season. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of deaths. This is like a big death because it is like a, yes, you are going, it's like a, this death is going to stick. Maybe. <laughs> Spoiler, kind of, it does. But it's complicated. But that's what we're talking about today. And at this point, at least in the anime, we have just Sailor Moon, Chibi Chibi, and the Starlights left. In the anime, Chibi Chibi reveals her true nature, that she is actually the hope of Galaxia's starseed, who was released when Chaos entered uh, Galaxia's body, turning her evil. So Chaos is basically, like, the source of all evil, in the fact that, like, evil is always going to fight against good. What that all comes from is Chaos, which is, like, an entity, but it's, like, this swirling nonsense there's a couple times in here where it autocorrects chaos to Cleo, which is great. Why? I don't chaos know. Chaos is a word. I don't know. Why is autocorrect autocorrect most of the time? I don't know, but thinking of it as Cleo is making me laugh a lot. So it's... It's Miss Cleo. It's Miss Cleo. Um, Throwback. How old are we? Too old. Old enough to have watched the show when it was out. Hey. <laughs> So yeah, Chibi Chibi in the anime, it turns out that she is uh, Galaxia's starseed that like once Chaos merged with Galaxia and turned her evil, Chibi Chibi was sent away and then comes to uh, Sailor Moon because she's like basically the most powerful starseed out there. Uh, she transforms into a sword for Sailor Moon and uh, for Prin- er, she turns into a Princess Serenity at this t- time. Uh, for her to destroy Galaxia, but Sailor Moon refuses to use it, and Sailor Moon finally wins the battle by reaching towards the goodness left inside Galaxia, and Galaxia becomes good again once the chaos leaves her body. She releases all the star seeds, and then she leaves, and everything ends up being happy and lovely, which is great. Yay! That is so much less complicated than what happens in the manga, and that's where we're gonna go. Because you don't really get any Sailor Cosmos in the anime. Not much. Mm-mm. You get her for like half a second and she's like a silhouette. That's it. And you get a bunch of Chibi Chibi, but yes. Chibi Chibi in the manga is different. In the manga what happens is like everybody's, so everybody's dead and Sailor Moon is there to fight and it's just Sailor Moon and Chibi Chibi at this point. Chibi Chibi calls in the Amazon S Quartet and Chibi Yusa from the future. 
I know. And they're the sailor Amazon S quartet. Ah. So they're in their little like sailor outfits and everything's so ah, fucking cute. One day. And like, ugh, yeah. So they get called in and they are also from the future future. So they get to like kind of do some exposition and explain what's going on. And they know a little bit about Galaxia and shit like that. Um, and Chibi Usa goes and sees everything, sees that they've got like, Basically, Galaxia has turned all of the Sailor Scouts evil, and they are all attacking Usagi and saying, like, terrible fucking shit to her. And she knows that it's false, but also, like, it hurts it's still. It's shitty. Yeah. So Chibiusa goes to fight with her, and Chibi Chibi, for, like, the first time that she ever talks in anything, is like, nope, this is her battle, this is her fight. What we have to do is lend her her lend her our power by believing in her and being her here for her. But they're just cheerleading in the background. Basically, you know when they all like join hands and somehow yep. like power, power gets yep. yoinked into Sailor Moon. It's like that, and just like any time when shit's about to hit the fan, uh, Usagi screws her courage to the sticking place. She knows her friends will be there when for her when they can, and now she has to be there for them. She manifests a new staff because her last one got destroyed. Shocking, and uh, so that she can Shocking. heal them. <laughs> yeah they also like fucking so she's eternal sailor moon and they like destroy her wings which is real fucked up too. Yeah. that's fucking yeah so rude. she manifests a uh, staff Whenever to heal them characters have some form of wings and they get like mutilated off of them it's, it's horrible awful yeah rude it's weird it's real rude and yeah. it's a weird thing to be like it's weird, like, we don't have wings but it's like a hard heebie yeah. thing i totally get you yes. i feel like it's worse than if they're like oh we're just gonna cut your arm off yeah i don't know why is it because we all have such terrible back pain all the time oh beep up do you want to rip that knot out of my back? Yeah, Is actually. that knot trying to sprout into a wing? Sometimes I think about that. And I'm like, maybe I have wings also down in like my lower back, too. So are I'm going to have two pairs. Are we just angel? I don't have a rich parent or three W names. Three? No, just two. But there's probably a third. Let's be real. <laughs> Warren Worthington. There's no way that there's not like a Warren Winston William or some fucking shit in there. Worthington. <laughs> Worthington. There's too many W's for me to be able to pronounce it. Worthers, Worthers, Worthington. It's just made out of the caramel and it's like really hard to bite into. Um, Not unless it's the soft ones. Unless it's the soft ones. Yum. Stays in old people's pockets. Oh, they're so good though. It's just I caramel. I fucking love them. I fucking love caramel. If you don't love Worthers, fuck off. If you don't love caramel, fuck off. Also that. So yeah, so she manifests a new staff after she has been like fucked over by everybody and casts her like moon healing kiss whatever thingy i don't remember exactly that one i think it is moon healing kiss or something like that um and in healing all of them like basically they're all gone and all that's there is their like sailor crystals or star seeds or whatever the fuck we're calling them these days (laughs) (sighs) so uh at this point uh, Sailor Galaxia introduces herself to Sailor Moon, Eternal Sailor Moon is who she is at this point, as the Sailor of Destruction, which is fucking metal, and also basically true at this point, because she has destroyed a fuck ton of shit. Yes. Um, and then she- eat planets. <sighs> I hope she just eats them. Might as well. That's all I want to She do. basically yoinks their power, so that's like essentially eating them. eat a planet. 
I wouldn't feel guilty. Mm-mm. Hashtag fuck you, Jean Grey. <laughs> Soup. Uh, sometimes you gotta eat. Sometimes you gotta eat planets, okay, everyone? The circle of life. <laughs> but yeah, so Galaxia is like, your power is fucking bonkers. And she basically is like, is it from hatred? And Usagi's like, what? No. Uh, my power is from my friends and the people that I care about and how I want to keep them safe and their belief in me and that in that I can do that and my own belief in my power. And then Galaxia talks about the only how power is only real in its like quantifiable form in the power of star seeds. And in doing this, she reveals that the Senshi and uh, Mamochan can all be brought back to life with their star seeds. Aww. She's also pissed because uh, Sailor Moon has the strongest star seed of them all, and she thinks that's some bullshit. Which Who does? Galaxia. Oh, okay. She's like, it's dumb that you think this, that you think friendship and goodness and all these things, and also you're this fucking powerful. It doesn't make any fucking sense. And it's like, no, that's the that's the reason, baby. Also, you need to give yourself like you need someone to give half a fuck about you, including yourself. Please, I will. <laughs> I love her. Um, So they end up fighting at this place called the Galaxy Cauldron, which is the place where all of the stars are born um, and where all of the century come from. It sounds like a bar. It does sound like a bar. (laughs) It just looks like, you know, a swirling bunch of nothingness and, you know, it looks like a bunch of swirling stars. It could have a That would be sick. That would be so cool. That would be a sick fucking bar. The Galaxy Cauldron, that's where, ugh, well, if I'm ever... Whenever we can have friends... We'll make our own Galaxy Cauldron. We'll have a galaxy-themed party and have a galaxy bar. Yes. Your fucking cat isn't invited. No. She doesn't drink very well. (laughs) Basically, the Galaxy Cauldron, its potential for power is crazy because it's, like, the site of all of the future star seeds which will be turn into people who have a lot of power hello i can see you <laughs> well i'm glad that she's meowing right next to the microphone that's awesome so something that's shown in the manga as all of this fucking shit is happening is that basically all of the villains that sailor moon has faced have been influenced by chaos the entire time i mean it makes sense. It makes sense, yeah. Basically, Chaos was a being who failed to become a star and decided to try and merge with the Galaxy Cauldron in order to destroy the world. Which it, Fair! Yeah. Uh, and then Sailor Galaxia becomes his minion in that quest, and she's basically like powerful enough to rival Sailor Moon when it comes to power without like any of her... Um, people behind her and she just you know tries to destroy all of the people that are close to her and in order to do that she'll try to use that pain in order to push uh, usagi to a place where chaos can transform her into a guardian of darkness so basically what that all means because that is definitely not me talking that's quotes is uh that she's trying to make her hate her enough that chaos can use Sailor Moon's power. So essentially, like Sailor Moon is so pure and good that she can't be intercepted by chaos, so they're trying to make her hate a little bit so she can be intercepted by chaos. More or less. 
And her plan is take the power of uh, Sailor Moon's, the ultimate power of Sailor Moon's star, and uh, get the chaos in there too. Put both of them in the galaxy cauldron until their power reaches its uh, zenith, its top. And then their power will make everything explode and it will end everything. Which, you know. You know. Shrug. <laughs> it could be worse. Um, yeah, so she <laughs> attacks Sailor Moon and Sailor Chibi Chibi, who's in her little, like, Sailor Scout outfit at this point, and she's cute as shit, uh, jumps in front and blocks the attack. Chaos itself pops down and blasts Galaxia just to be a turd, I guess. Sailor Moon grabs her and pulls her out of the way, saving her at the last minute, because, of course... And when Galaxia asks why, Sailor Moon explains that she can't lose anyone else because she can't, like, she, her power comes from fighting for other people and all of her people are gone. Yeah, that's a bummer. And dead. Yeah, and Galaxia isn't this person. She's somebody who has been poisoned for a really long time and, you know. Great. And is great. And also Sailor Moon is really good at seeing what somebody should have been versus what they are. You know, that's one of her, like, big powers. That's why she ends up with all of these very adorable Sailor Scouts. She's like, uh, you have to stick around because I have to fight for something. And then Galaxia's like, uh, how are we going to win this fucking war if neither of us can fight? Chibi Chibi, who hasn't said anything to anybody during this entire time, except for when she talked to Chibiusa for a fucking second before Chibiusa disappeared because Mamachan has also disappeared. Oh, that would make sense. Yup. She says that basically there is a way to end the fight. They have to destroy the cauldron. Um, the cauldron is the source of everything, and if it is destroyed, then eventually everything will stop, and so will chaos. But as long as new stars are continuing to be born, uh, the war between good and evil will never end. So obviously neither of these options are great. Are great. And then Sailor Chibi Chibi transforms into Sailor Cosmos. So, what the fuck is Sailor Cosmos? What's the fucking deal here? So what the deal is here is that uh, Sailor Cosmos is actually a far, far future version of Sailor Moon herself. Since Sailor Moon takes place over the course of thousands of years. which Thousands and thousands of years. Like, lots and lots of thousands Mm -hmm. of years. We also already had uh, Crystal Tokyo and Neo Queen Serenity. Babe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is, like, the future Sailor Moon and um, Mother of Chibiusa. And that future is, like, I feel like the year 3000 they've mentioned that. But that might be just me saying a thing. It doesn't fucking matter what year it is. It's in the way future. However, in the even more distant future, Usagi is either reincarnated or evolves into Sailor Cosmos, which is her final and most powerful incarnation. As for her true nature, it's a little confusing because it's like she's the ultimate future form of Sailor Moon, but it's not sure if she's this future or like a current like a feature from an alternate universe and uh even naoko Tekuchi herself was like nope it's supposed to be ambiguous i'm never going to define that i'm like i love you so much never change you're perfect chibi chibi reveals to sailor moon that her true form was in fact sailor cosmos and her future um was not a hopeful one basically sailor chaos war waged war against the uh, universe and everything 
and everything and everyone that Sailor uh, Cosmos knew was destroyed to the point where nothing could be salvaged, even if the war ended. I know. Um, So upset and scared and unable to do anything, uh, Sailor Cosmos ran away from her future, and she opted to go to the past and destroy chaos before it achieved its terrible senshi form. Uh, to destroy chaos, she decided that she had to destroy the galaxy cauldron. And so in the form of Chibi Chibi, she tried to guide, uh, eternal sailor moon towards that end. But eternal sailor moon, our sailor moon, was determined to save the cauldron, to save any semblance of having her friends together again and like save what, like, this is her life. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, do you want to let everything implode or everything? And she's like, no, what? What? I don't care if we have to keep fighting forever. This is my job. I'm. I know I'm gonna fight forever. This doesn't like good versus evil doesn't stop. I was gonna say I feel like it would still end up happening even yeah. if you did this thing because that's just how things are. <laughs> you always have to have an opposite because then you have to balance mm-hmm. things out. That's just how it is. The only way to not have an opposite is to have nothing. Yes, and that's not. Like, an option. Yeah, that's not a viable option, no. especially for uh, Sailor Moon, who loves everything so much, mm-hmm. like, whose love for everything is her, like, power. Yep. But yeah, so she's like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna stick with this, we're gonna save it, and we're gonna keep working at this. And even though um, Sailor Cosmos was like, this isn't the path that I'm going for, she came back and she was able to see the, like, optimism and hope that she actually had at one point, and remember where she was and who she was and how things could be. Uh, while Sailor Cosmos has, like, godlike powers, just because she has that doesn't mean that she has... She doesn't have that, like, courage and belief in herself and also the people to back her up that basically are the battery to Sailor Moon's power, you know, when things are like, hmm, things are bad, and she's like, I remember some nice things that my friends all said, and then she, like, blasts the enemy away and they just get destroyed, and it's like, oh... Well, in the future, she doesn't have that option of like, oh, I'll just turn my power all the way up to 11 with my friendship. So Sailor Moon's like, no, I'm going to keep fighting for that. This is. I guess we have to stop making fun of Heart from Captain Planet. Heart! <laughs> Go, Planet. Well, you just didn't have to call him Heart. It's true. Life. Yeah. Even just love in general would have been better. Heart. Like, you know the heart's an organ, right? <laughs> Blah, blah, blah. But yeah, so Usagi rejects destroying everything and having everything be the end of everything just because we want to end chaos. And because she chooses not to give up hope despite the risk of death, uh, she's able to save everyone. And because she never turns her back on the desire to save the people she loves, she's able to like inspire Sailor Cosmos to go back to her own time and actually fight for things again. You know, it's basically, she's acting as her own battery, but in the past. You needed somebody to turn her up to 11? There. Now she's turned (laughs) up to 11. Fuck off, Chaos. You're gonna have a bad day. And then, so in the last chapter of the series, uh, Usagi gets to make a choice. She can start again with all of her friends, or they can keep going. So basically, there's always going to be battles to fight. There's always going to be enemies in the future. And uh, Usagi says, we would like to continue living together as we are for as long as we can. We want to keep making our future together as we have already. No matter how difficult it is, we want to keep living these lives, these fates. 
So she just commits herself to the fight continually because she knows that the people that she's fighting for are so important. But also I love the idea that there is some like version of Usagi out there in the future that is just like gritty and sad and I don't know. It's nice to see from somebody who isn't ever going to be this eternal happy person. (laughs) So she inspires Sailor Cosmos to go back and resume her fight and reclaim the mantle that she lost with her cowardice. And then they all go into the cauldron and they're all able to see their like full selves in the cauldron. It's all lovely. Everybody hugs a bunch. And then the last like scenes of the manga are just like Mamochan proposing and it's cute. And I wanna throw up. <laughs> but yeah. I love Sailor Cosmos. They did her dirty in the series because they didn't know how to do it. <laughs> And they were like probably like limited to like this is how many episodes you can have and you have to get it done. They had more episodes. They because they had a ton of episodes. They yeah, but the manga is always longer than the anime. It's different in Sailor Moon. In Sailor Moon, the manga is way shorter. Is than, it? Yeah, because in Sailor Moon, the first series is like six or twelve manga. Well, the first, I don't know. There was so much filler in the first exactly. season, and well, I don't know why. The super So in Sailor Moon, Super S is four issues. That's it. That's all of Super S. I like how squished together you made your fingers. Four! They're four. They're four. <laughs> I put them together like this. Yeah, and they're not, like, they're not super long. Like, they just cut a lot of it out. Like, you don't get a lot of their character development. Because it's more, like, you get some, and you get, like, little bits and pieces. I feel like they both do a really good job with character development, mm-hmm. but also you just get so much less. You don't get any, like, everyday shit. It's just all the big things that happen. So, it was fun to read it again. I miss it. Anya <laughs> has a bunch of mine. Listener Anya. But yes. I haven't read any of the... Hard recommend. First the of all, because... I read Taylor V. Manga Mama Chan is so yeah. hot. Holy fuck. Are you tired of podcasts only covering good movies or bad movies? Where could you possibly turn to find both in one convenient place? There has got to be a better way. Well, now there is. Try the podcast Double Edge Devil Bill, where Adam and Thomas dive into both a good and a bad film in every episode. Sound too good to be true? Well, listen to this testimonial. Double Edge Double Bill got me to watch Total Recall and Junior in one night. I was both entertained and scarred permanently. Thanks, Double Edge Double Bill. Available now on the ESO Network and wherever podcasts are streamed. Okay, me. It's my turn. It's your my turn. Today, I mm-hmm. am adding another member to our goodest boy club <gasps> by uh, talking about Nibbler. Nibbler? What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Wikipedia is a source. And so is <laughs> com. And fandom.com, and then I've been watching Futurama. <laughs> so for some reason, <laughs> for some reason, I thought you were going to say Wikipedia defines a nibbler as. <laughs> like, I have no idea why, but like, that was so clear in my brain. 
All right, so for you people who live under a fucking rock, Nibblers from Futurama. Mm. If you never watched Futurama, get I'm the sorry. fuck out. That's embarrassing for you. <laughs> and also, that's sad because Futurama's super it's good. So good, it's it's so good. All right, so Futurama, for those of you who don't know, is an animated science fiction sitcom created by Matt Groening. Oh, thank you. I got you. You knew that. And I was like, I don't know how to say this last name. <laughs> um, and it aired on Fox from March 28th to, in 1999 to August 10th, 2013. And then it came back to Comedy Central from March 23rd, 2008 to September 4th, 2013. It was bounced all over the place. Yes. And it should come back again because it's so good. And There's it like, never like didn't stuff. get not good. Yeah. It was just always good. Mm-hmm. The only things that I had problems with were the things where they were like, this is the ending. And I was like, I liked your original ending better than I liked any of your, like, this is another ending and this is another ending. (laughs) But also, like, when you don't know when the ending is. You kind of keep having to do that. It's complicated. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So the series follows the adventures of slacker Philip J. Fry, who is cryogenically preserved for a thousand years and was revived in the 31st century. Fry finds work as a, at a delivery company alongside the uh, one-eyed Taronga Leela and robot Bender Bending Rodriguez. Oh, I fucking love Bender. <laughs> it is currently on Hulu. A few people have not seen it, and it is definitely my top go-to when I just want a show on in the mm-hmm. background. The amount of times that you and I have sat together and watched all of Futurama... Yeah. Or at least, like, four or five. Because it's just so easy. It's like, I don't know what to watch because I don't really want to watch anything. Doing something at the end. Yes. But I also want something on in the background. Exactly. That's entertaining if I look up. Yeah. There's a handful of them. And unless it's, like, just been Futurama, I will always choose Futurama. Mm -hmm. All right. So, who is Nibbler? Oh, baby. (laughs) Nibbler is a baby. He's He's also a boss. And a fucking boss. Yes. He's all all of those things. So Nibbler was officially introduced in Love's Labor's Lost in Space, (laughs) which is the fourth episode of Futurama. Oh, wow. Really? Yep. That's how long he's been around. so early. Wow. It aired on April 13th in 1999 on Fox. The Planet Express crew was sent off on a mission of charity to save animals from the doomed planet <laughs> Burgon 6. They were loading them up by twos, just yep. like Noah's Ark. <laughs> this is also the first episode that Leela finds a relationship between her and Zap Brannigan uh, that she did not expect, nor does she want, and then she never lives it down if anyone's trying to place these episodes. That's mm-hmm. another reference point. He has sex life, yeah. So uh, you know, sometimes gross. he sucks. So he's bad. the worst. He's that little like velour so jumpsuit thingy. Oh no! He's Every part of it is so good worst. and bad. So bad. Just so you know, every girl sees every boy like Zapranigan. Like a lot of you are just Zapranigan. Most of you are just Zapranigan, just so you know. Don't ever put on velour because you'll <laughs> yes. never. And most of us see you in the eyes of Leela as ugh. I definitely made a mistake with that one. Regret. Why? <laughs> okay. This is the episode where Leela finds Nibbler, and he's the only species of his kind on the planet, so she adopts him as a pet and often just compares him to, like, a dog. Same intelligence and loyalty. And, Cuteness. Yeah. 
All right, so while they are uh, out hunting all of the animals, loading them up by twos, they put Nibbler in the back, and then when they go to the back of the ship, Nibbler has eaten all of the animals that it's were so captured. weird they were just here but um he like slurps them up like a fucking straw yep. womp womp super gross <laughs> so suddenly the planet begins to implode but they find that their engines their ship engines are dry they seem to have no choice but to turn to zap for help and despite the fact that leela would rather implode with the planet uh, Fry and Bender are like, Leela, we don't want to die. So she's like, fine. Zap agrees on one condition that they leave Nibbler behind. And Leela turns him down flat altogether and is like, no fucking way. And the crew decides to just wait for imminent death. That's me. If anyone ever tries yeah, to tell absolutely. me to get rid of my dog. No, if you were like, well, not you. If you, general, any person was like, no, something is wrong with your cat, or you have to get rid of her, I would be like, no, it's fine. Or if they were like, your cat will actually kill you, I would be like, it's fine. Well, it's that same thing where it's like, well, people have kids, and then they have to get rid of their animals because their kids are allergic to them. No, I will get rid of the child I will get rid of the child and also the man. Yes, the man can take the child, I will just take the dog. Gucci both. You know what's going to be cheaper and also bring me more happiness. I was going to say, and actually love me and not murder me. (laughs) Family annihilator. Mm -hmm. Though my cat is welcome to eat me after I die because I know it will. That is my death. Yeah. Cat feast, Martha. I will have been murdered by my husband, but they won't murder the dog, so it's fine. It's okay. I'll if your husband murders you, I will absolutely murder your husband and steal your dog. Okay. They never murder the dog though. Yeah, but I'm Thank gonna... fucking God. Don't murder the dog. Please don't <laughs> marry a family annihilator. That would be really ironic. That would be really ironic. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to be like, Alanis Morissette, can you hit us? It's horrible. <laughs> and I'm mad about it, so I have to hunt this guy down, but I also need a song to like you know, get me through it on the bad days. Me and my 50 cats in my car. Basically. Also, Sabrina, can you stop singing? (laughs) Okay, shit. Okay. No family annihilators up in here. Nope. Not welcome. Unwelcome. Un-fucking-welcome. Alright, so they wait uh, for death because Leela's like, fuck you, Zap Brannigan. Mm-hmm. And then, much to their pleasant surprise, little Nibbler poops out dark matter. What a good which baby. is exactly what they need to fuel the ship. Sick. So they take that fuel to the engine, and I think it's funny because in that scene, fucking Bender even pulls out a plastic bag to pick it up and drag it to the engine. <laughs> and it's very, very heavy. <laughs> it is very heavy, and he grumbles the whole time. <laughs> that is, ugh, that is owning a pet. <laughs> or cleaning up somebody else's pet's poop, which is also the worst. So, and because of this, they are able to escape just before the planet implodes. After it implodes, they do see a few very large animals that have managed to survive, just kind of standing on the small rock that is left. (laughs) (laughs) There's like this weird giraffe thing and a couple of other creatures. Yep. Yep. So since a couple of the animals didn't die and Leela got lucky, the mission is deemed as a success. Nature is beautiful. <laughs> Leela pairs content with finding Nibbler to be the only companion she needs instead of a man. Men are dumb. Get a pet. Pets. Heart. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Co-signed. Mm-hmm. You know who will treat you right? A pet, as long as you feed it. Your fucking dog. Cats. You don't know what you're going to get with the cat. Since they treat you right as they are, They are still great. And if you want a cat, get a cat. But a dog is going to fucking love you. Mm. The cat will love you if you're worth it. So just don't (laughs) suck, I guess. (laughs) Just saying. If a cat doesn't love you, maybe it's a reflection on yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Get a pet. True cat energy that we have right now. Cute little nibbler. He has three eyes, one of which is on the top of a stock-like thing that's on the top of his head. (laughs) One single nostril, large fangs, and a surprisingly wide mouth, making him capable of eating any creature regardless of its size. And then he's about knee-tall height compared to humans and mostly covered in fur. Though he excretes small but super dense round pellets of dark matter as his poop, he is light enough for humans to pick up. I wish I pooped literally anything that was valuable. Me fucking too. Mm-hmm. Um, Just poop out a $20 bill every now and then. I was going to say diamonds, but okay. Nibbler produces high-pitched grunting and gurgling noises, uh, and apparently it's just meaningless babble. Sort of like... Like a sim, but not, you know... But cuter. Yeah. Or like a... Fresh, fresh, uh. Animal Crossing buddy. He usually wears a cute little red cape, a small yellow shoes, and baby in a baby diaper. Luna should get a little cape. That's what I've gotten out of this. <laughs> and and then I wish that she pooped literally anything that was useful Valuable, and not yeah, right. So when Nibbler's right fang is broken and I second that emotion, the veterinarian <laughs> told Leela that the rings on his tooth could indicate his age, saying if he has anything in common with the tree. <laughs> Leaving him, Leela assumes that Nibbler is about five years old and that and she even ends up throwing him a party. Just like imagine any person saying that. <laughs> I love the show so fucking much. <laughs> Okay. If he has anything in common with a tree. <laughs> like. But our cute little buddy and bestest boy Nibbler isn't all that he appears to be. Lord Nibbler, real name unknown, is a member of a proud and ancient race, the Niblonians. <laughs> Born 274 BC, he is old and wise and has high status in the Niblonian world. He is almost 3,300 years old, one of the oldest characters in the series. Not much is known of Nibbler's biography before New Year's Eve 1999, at which he was stationed on planet Virgon 6 alongside a great number of his species. At this time, the Niblonians had learned that Philip J. Fry was the mighty one, though only being in the universe capable of stopping the brain spawn that wouldn't be invading for another thousand years. However, Fry lived in the 20th century, so Nibbler got the mission to make sure he fell into the cryogenic tube at Applied Cryogenics and frozen until year 3000. A plus job, buddy. He did great. Lord Nibbler hid his intelligence until the episode, The Day the Earth Stood Stupid, when he told Leela the truth about his origins. This episode is the 39th episode of Futurama. It aired on the 18th of February in 2001 (coughs) on Fox. A mystic fleet of brains travel the universe, draining people's intelligence along the way. However, Fry may hold the key to defeating them. 
In the episode, the professor enters with his good news about the destruction of Tweenus 12. Hermes points out that there's been a string of such planetary destructions, and then Fry and Leah point out that the Earth is next. Hmm. I guess they're Tweenus 13. Bummer. Right? Nibbler gets anxious and then ends up running away. Leela is probably making some kind of noises as he runs. It's cute. <laughs> and he runs on his like, on all a, fours. like a monkey. But yeah. kind of like a monkey. He kinda doesn't like really run like a dog. No. He kind of he uses his arms to pull him like uh, would uh, like a monkey, like monkey. kind of does. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. You're right. All right. So Leela attempts to track him down and end into an alley, luring him with ham because that's <laughs> one of his favorites. She Not ate, like a slice of ham. No, like, a, like ham. a ham. Like a big ham. Like a ham. Yep. And she encounters a dumpster emanating an ominous light from within. That would be The worse. future! <laughs> <laughs> that guy's my favorite. What a fucking douchebag. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that would be me. I'd be like, they'd be like, what's your job? And I'd be like, I really want to just fuck with people who are from the past, I guess. <laughs> Welcome to the future. <laughs> We're all going to eat you here. That one episode where Fry takes Leela's old job. <laughs> the bathroom's that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Bender's like, so I'm going to wear the gorilla mask today. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ. Oh, shit. I wanted to be like, I just watched that episode, but since I watch it at bed at night, I watch like literally could be any. Yeah, it could have been whatever. So Leela is chased through the alleys by several giant brains, (laughs) where she sees Nibbler donned in a mysterious bodysuit and pulling a small spacecraft from a shed. (laughs) He takes off and waves goodbye, but Leela begs for him to come back as she tries to hold off uh, the floating brains. Nibbler decides to return to Leela because he loves her and like the goodest boy. And uh, she jumps into the extremely cramped little ship, and they escape. It is made for nibblers. Yes. He has the scootest. A singular nibbler. One singular nibbler. All right. So the floating brains continue their attack on Earth, engulfing entire buildings in a blue glow, including the Planet Express building. (laughs) Bender is concerned that his heart has stopped beating and that his skin is hard and clanky. The Professor and and Zoyberg are also acting equally strange. Hermes is standing with his mouth open in the shower. Fry turns on the news and finds that even the news anchors are acting stupid as well. (laughs) This is when Fry finally understands that they aren't just acting strained, but they have become idiots. Meanwhile, Nibbler and Leela are flying through space, and Nibbler transmits directly through thought that into Leela's brain to communicate, and he explains that the situation, he explains the whole situation to Leela. In his super deep voice. Yes. He tells her what's going on with the brains and informs her that they're going to his home planet. Um, so arriving on planet Eternium, which is located at the exact center of the universe, they land in the Hall of Eternity, which is 10 miles west of the exact center of the universe. <laughs> After that point, we hear Nibbler speak, not in mindless garble chattering, but with a deep and dignified voice in English. Yeah. Other creatures that look like Nibbler are waiting inside and greet Nibbler as Lord Nibbler, ambassador to Earth. However, Nibbler points out that his name, Lord Nibbler, is for Leela's sake. His own name would be impossible to pronounce and would take a really long time. They explain to Leela that one millisecond after the universe was created, a terrible enemy known as Brainspawn came into <laughs> existence. Well, as you said, there can't be good without evil. Hey. <laughs> 
It all comes back. <laughs> this explanation is interrupted by the Feast of a Thousand Hams. Chomp, 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 chomp. That actually is a very quick feast. <laughs> so Nibbler explains that the Brainspawn are attacking all intelligent life as they hate all consciousness. The thoughts of others are unpleasant to them. Same. And they travel from world to world, making everyone stupid to wipe out all thoughts in the universe. Nibbler then indicates that Fry is the hope of the universe as he is immune to the Brainspawn attack. Why is Fry immune? It's due to his lack of the Delta brainwave. Because he's dumb. I was like, because he's dumb. He's ultra dumb, and <laughs> it works out in his favor because he's in the future. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe they just didn't have that shit in the past. But I just maybe assumed not. it was because but he's fucking shitty. But they specifically pushed him in. Yeah, that's true. All no, right. you're right. Mm, he's dumb. Yep. So Fry defeats the giant brains and the nibbly uh, nibblions. <laughs> Fry defeats the giant brains and the Niblonians clean up by consuming the fallen brain spawn. Remember their jaws. Yeah. It's just all of a sudden your mouth is like, yep, essentially. Like unhinging your jaw like a fucking snake. snake. Yep. The population of Earth is returned to the normal levels of intelligence, but the process forces them to forget the entire incident. Only Fry remembers, but no one really believes him, nor do they really care. Nibbler returns to Leela to remain in disguise until the next time he is needed to protect the universe. What a good baby. A good baby! Bestest boy! So, what does our bestest boy club comprise of? There is Lockjaw and Skeets. Yeah. I think that's it right now. Now Nibbler. He does out himself to the Planet Express crew in, uh, so in 3007, he finally revealed his true nature to the whole crew during a failed attempt to avert disaster and on seeing the formation of a dangerous tear in time-space continuum. Wait. Nibbler uh, escaped the universe by swallowing himself, forgetting to blank everyone's memories. <laughs> he returned in 2008 after Yivo was gone. Do you remember Yivo? Yeah. But it is unknown how he managed to get back to our universe. Mm. Nibbler was kidnapped by Mom's son and imprisoned in a dark matter farm with hundreds of Niblonians at one point to get all their poop. Um, and then after this, he once again didn't wipe their memories. Despite everyone knowing that he is a sentient, <laughs> the Planet Express crew continues to treat him like a pet, which he doesn't seem to mind. And then it was August of 3010 when he was finally granted status of the crew. So he's an official uh, crew member. My favorite thing is when he talks and they're all like, yeah, we remember because he forgot to wipe us last time. And he's like, oh... <laughs> Uh, I swear I haven't. (laughs) Nibbler's not very great at his job, but it's okay because he's the bestest Mm -hmm. boy. Didn't he get like blasted as fuck when he was trying to like do? I think so. They lost the car and they have that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, because I like randomly will think of that tune and then be like, why am I thinking of this? Why is this happening? Drama. Get out of my fucking head. (laughs) All right. So the character Nibbler was planned before the pilot, including that he would really be a talking intelligent alien that would hold the greater truth of the conspiracy of why Fry was frozen. Well, everything wasn't planned out from the very beginning. 
The writers included Nibbler's shadow for a short second as Fry fell into the tube in Space Pilot 3000, which is the very first episode. Is that for real? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I saw many screenshots of it. Wow, okay. And well, then... Um, I've watched that series so many fucking times. It's fine. And in spite of Nibbler's first real appearance being several episodes later, the bigger conspiracy didn't start until several seasons later. His original appearance was hard uh, to pinpoint. Uh, the creator, Matt... Groaning. Sorry, I was swallowing. <laughs> um, so he insisted that he was supposed to be extremely cute, but when you looked at his separate components, like the eye stock, his one nostril, or his giant fangs, <laughs> he'd seem really ugly, sort of like a pug. <laughs> oh, that is the best type. Where you're like, wow, you're so weird looking that it's cute. <laughs> In one of the original designs of Nibbler, he actually always had a constant little drool coming from his nostril, but it <laughs> never dripped it would just always be there it's just there <laughs> um one of my favorite facts about nibbler is that he ate himself to get out of the universe implying that his stomach transports matter to another universe so all those animals he ate in that first episode are just somewhere chilling and living in a random universe that is pretty chill yep also i think there are many like awkward situations where i would eat myself mm-hmm. to get out of them if i could absolutely yeah so, Nibbler has in about, been in about 33 episodes and four of the movies, and he was even featured in the video game. Aww. He's actually even one of the covers on the disc, so he's on one of the discs from the complete collection from 1999 to 2009. And with that, I made my case that Nibbler is the newest member of the Bestest Boy Club. Bestest Boy Club, goodest boy club. He is everything. Yeah, if we had badges to give out, I would give him one. Yes. Well, we have a sticker, a we, space dog, and we have a robot, yeah. and we have an alien. The goodest boy sticker, it's just like a gold metal sticker that just says GB on it. We'll make little buttons. Yeah. And give them out to the goodest, bestest boys. But only if you are the but goodest, bestest boys. So I guess it is boy. so- GBB. The goodest, bestest boy club. <laughs> they have a secret handshake, but some of them don't have hands, so no. But it's really just looking adorable. It's really just being cute and smarter than you. And that's Nibbler. Aww. For those of you who don't know who Nibbler is. He's a good babe. Oh, that's nice. That's fun. Yeah. All right, everyone. We once again have food waiting. Yeah. This happens a lot because we order. Actually wet my pants. In between, Martha has to pee. We mm-hmm. want to be out of our fort. And I guess we'll watch the last episode of Sabrina. Ugh, it's God. only one more. It's fine. We'll live. Yeah. Hopefully Nick will just be naked. Who? <laughs> Sabrina's gonna be my next topic. Just kidding. Oh, we could do Salem though. That's true. All right. Anyways, thank you for listening. Episode thirty-eight. Holy yeah. smokes! Please, please, please. Once again, gonna say it, but it really does mean a lot. If you could take a couple of seconds to rate, review, subscribe, mm-hmm. five stars. Just a cute little yay. These girls are awesome and nerdy and and don't this is take fun. shit from boys. We enjoy it. <laughs> That would be wonderful. We would super appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we'll make pins, and uh, you can find those yeah. soon. If you are a good asbestos boy, we or you know be. a good asbestos boy, we'll send you one. We can, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can get a good asbestos yeah. boy and award him or her it by them. Them, you can award them. 
Martha knows pronouns, I swear. I'm super good at pronouns <laughs> as an English major. But anyways. Hey. Rate, review, subscribe mm-hmm. on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify. You can also find us on the ESO Network and on Podbean. And we will see you next Tuesday. Yeah. Clink. Clink. Anyways, I'm Brittany fucking Petrino. (laughs) This is But First, Let's Talk Nerdy. I got fucked up because of everything. Help. Where am I? I'm stuck in a weird couch for it. I don't know how I got to this place. All right, let's try that again, Martha. You ready? Get that out. Get the laugh out. (laughs) Kevin can just make a mix of how many times you fuck this up. (gasps) Kevin. (laughs) I'm Brittany Petrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. (laughs) Why can't I do that? I think it's worse when we're in the tunnel like this. Sorry, I'm fixing our tent, everyone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We need a paper towel. Also, sorry for that gasp. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.